Good everyone. My name's Paul, I'm one of the pastors here at King's Church. It's my privilege to lead the team. It's great to be here for Baby Thanksgiving. If you've got your Bibles, if you can turn to Luke chapter 11, please. We'll be, we'll be looking at that in a moment. It's great to celebrate new life. It's great to celebrate babies being born. It's great to pray for those families and uh, particularly the parents who have got both the joy and the pain of uh, raising, those, uh, raising the children over the coming, uh, coming uh, weeks, months, years and decades. John White, um, psychologist, said there is no pain like parental pain. So for you new parents, um, just to pre-warn you of all you've got to come, um, but there's also no joy like it either, is there? Of course, you lot don't seem that convinced. <laughs> no, it's great. What do you reckon is one of the most important things you can teach your children? Have a think for a second. So if you haven't got children, think what would you want to teach your child? If you have, what do you think is one of the most important things you can teach your child? Turn the telly on in the morning. It's an interesting idea. There's a lot of silence. So either you've fallen asleep or the cogs are turning in there, you're trying to work it out. Well, whatever it is you came up with, it might have been you thought, actually, I, I really want to, I want to teach them to be honest and trustworthy. I'd like to teach them how to read. It's important that they know how to read. Um, I want to teach them algebra. How could you get through life with no, without not learning how, how algebra works and all of that sort of stuff? You certainly won't need to teach them to be naughty. That is, a, that is a thing they will pick up very naturally all on their own. I want to add another one to the list. Teaching them how to pray. I wonder if there is, well certainly it's up there, anything quite as important as learning how to pray. Whether it's learning how to pray yourself or teaching someone else to pray, I would have thought that has got to be right up there in the list of important things to do. I'm not talking here about some dry, defunct, pointless speaking to the wind. I'm talking about communicating with God. Knowing what it is to talk to the creator of the universe. Knowing what it is to talk to the one who made it all, who shaped you in your mother's womb and knows every detail about you. I wonder if there is anything you could teach a child that is more important than that. They reckon, a survey's been done, they reckon that 75% of secular Britain admit to praying at least once a week. I don't know if that's in crises or in moments where they don't know what to do, or whether it's repeating grace at the meal table, or whether it's praying the prayer that grandma taught them when they were this high. But a lot of people do pray, but it's very important we know how to pray and why it is so important. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. And how this is going to work is, I'm just going to explain in a bit more detail what these verses mean, because I believe there's truth contained here that will have a massive impact on your life. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray 
just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you had a friend, and he, and he goes to him, And he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, my children are with me in bed, I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks the door will be open. Which of, your, which of your, you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, though you are, if then, though you are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's just pray. Lord, I ask you as I uh, communicate this morning, I pray you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit. Would you please enable me to speak with boldness and clarity? Lord, I pray it'd be helpful. I pray it'd be useful. But I pray as well, Lord God, would you touch our hearts? Would you come and do your work in our lives? Come and do it, Lord, I pray. For the next half hour, would you come and do your work in our lives, I pray. In Jesus' name, we pray that. Amen. It starts with a great request. One day Jesus was in a place praying. When he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. What a great request. Teach me how to pray. On the back of Christ's example, Jesus had just finished praying, on the back of Christ's example, one of his disciples comes and says, teach me how to pray. I wonder for this disciple if he'd seen something in Jesus' life. Maybe it was the miracles, maybe it was the, the amazing teaching, maybe it was the lifestyle, maybe it was the fact that he was turning the world upside down with the message that he was proclaiming. Maybe his disciples had seen something and they thought, what? what's, what's the secret of everything that Jesus is doing, I wonder if they linked it back to prayer. I wonder if they saw all of Jesus' prayer life and thought, I bet that is the secret. I bet that is the foundation on which everything else is built. And so they come to him and they say, teach me how to pray. They saw something in the example of Jesus that provoked them to say, I want to learn to do what you have been doing. Your children are going to get really good at copying you. They're going to want to dress up and look like you. They probably want to look after a baby just like you would look after a baby if you support a certain football club. They may want to support a certain football club. Not that I have had that joy. It's funny, I I cannot convince any of my four boys that Gillingham is the best football club to support. 
They obviously have a certain amount of discernment there. Um, but they will prob- you'll probably even find as they grow up that you'll be sat around the meal table and they'll say something that will shock you and then you'll realise they're speaking just like you speak. Because, because kids just like to follow the example of their parents. There is no better way to lead than to lead by example. I, I want to say to you guys, why don't you live a life in such a way that they want to follow the example of your prayer life? They see something in how you pray and how you connect with God that stirs them to want to do the same. How about for yourselves? If you were to think about your prayer lives, would that inspire others to want to come and pray and connect with God in prayer? Have you ever asked, teach me how to pray? You see, because that is the foundation of our relationship with God. Prayer, more than anything else, builds our relationship with God. We can read the Bible, that's great. We can serve, that's great. We can tell people about Jesus, that is great as well. But if you want to build your relationship with God... You've got to learn how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Parents, teach your kids how to pray. If you've got teenage children here, it's still not too late to provoke them by your prayer life. They may not listen to you if you say, I'm going to teach you how to pray. You sit down, son, and I'm going to teach you how to pray. They may not listen too well to that, but actually if you are a praying family and they see you getting up and praying, it will provoke them to wonder what is going on. Example more than anything else speaks so loud. Teach us how to pray. Then Jesus goes on to communicate, well, how do we pray? So he says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive those who everyone who sins against us. Lead us not into temptation. Have any of you heard of a prayer like that before? Yeah? Some of you have. If you don't know it word for word, I know you'd know sections of it. It's ingrained into our culture. It certainly was sort of 20 or 30 years ago. This is a pattern of prayer to follow, not not a prayer we're just to read out. It's a pattern of prayer um, not just to be repeated. And it starts off, if you look at the beginning, what's the first word of that prayer? You see, because the relationship of the person you're, to- you're talking to, the relationship you, you have with the person you're talking to, will have the biggest impact on how you communicate with them. If I get pulled over, I'm driving in my car, I get pulled over by a police officer, the way I talk to them will be very, very different to my best friend who might be sat in the seat next to me. My relationship is different. I, I will not have the same confidence. I will not have the same boldness. I will hope, take on a whole new degree of politeness. <laughs> yes, officer. No, officer. You're absolutely right, officer. Was I speeding, officer? But my friend next to me, I'll be much more relaxed. And it's interesting that when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he starts off by setting the context, which is the relationship to the one you're coming to. It's not Lord, although he is. It's not Master, although he is. It's Father. It's Father. Actually, a closer translation would be Daddy. 
when I come and I pray, I am coming to the Lord of the universe, the transcendent one, the one who flung the stars, the universes, the galaxies into space and he keeps them all going. That is him. But actually when I come, I don't start there. I start by saying, Father, Daddy, that's the basis I come on. And then we've heard from Santino, haven't we, about that father-son relationship a number of times over the last year. He talks about that. And, and, and any of you that are a, a mum or a dad here will know the confidence of which your children come to you because of that relationship. And that's the starting place. That is where Jesus starts when he's teaching his disciples to pray. You come on the basis, Abba, Daddy, Father. We then go into worship and into God's agenda. As I mentioned last week, John Stott says this, the church is essentially a praying, worshipping community. You do know that, don't you? We're praying, we're a worshipping community. We're not a doing, although we do do lots of doing. Do do lots of, yeah. Or giving or anything like that. We are praying, we are a worshipping community. There is no better place to start than in worship. I said it last week, but I'm saying it again. There is no better place to start when you come before God than to worship Him. Make sure that is there at the beginning. But then we go on and we look at God's agenda. Oh, would your kingdom come? You see, I find so often when I'm praying, I can get caught up with either selfish prayers, just really it's all about me, or maybe a bit of self-pity which goes into worry. But actually if you start in worship, then you say, oh God, would your kingdom come? Lord, would you, would, would you change lives? Lord, would you break in in this situation? Would you turn around my college? Oh God, I pray for your blessing. If we go straight in and we're, we're praying his agenda out, it stops, it stops that selfish, um, uh, self-centred agenda to our prayers. But he then goes on and says, pray for daily provision. Give us today our daily bread. In, in, in that culture, every meal, I guess you were looking for. We live in a culture where I guess you do a weekly shop. Some of you may do a monthly shop. You're, you're less worried, will there be food on the table today? But actually we can still pray, oh God, will you provide in this situation? Will you help me here? Going through the day, praying for God's blessing. But we don't start there. We start in worship. We start with God's agenda. Now, oh God, would you come and help in these situations? God is interested. Our Father in heaven is interested in our daily needs. But he doesn't just supply once and for all, but he needs you to come day by day by day to ask. Pray for today. We don't come and just ask at the start of the month. Oh God, will you bless me this month? But we need day by day by day to learn how to rest upon him. I think this, this really provokes me as well and I just want to emphasise really the whole, the whole food bank thing. It provokes me because I, I guess for many of you here today, if I was to ask you, and I won't ask you to put your hands up, but if I was to ask you, do, do you worry if you're going to have food on your table tonight? I don't know how many of you would put your hands up. But there are many who are living no further than a couple of miles away from here who are worried and thinking, I haven't got any food to put on the table tonight. And so it's so important, as the community says, we love Jesus, we're following him, that we reflect his heart for those in need. And so I want to I really endorse 
the food bank. I want to encourage you, guys, bring food every week to put in that trolley. Or bring it regularly anyway. Because Jesus says he doesn't rate a faith that says, oh God, bless you, but then doesn't do anything to help people in need. Oh God, bless you, my son. Let everything go well with you, but the reality is they've got nothing to eat. And we go home and tuck into our roast chicken. That's not, that's not the faith that I read about in the Bible. So Lord, bless us, provide our daily needs. But actually we have a responsibility to play a part for others as well. It then goes on to relationships. I think this bit will, um, in, in the family setting, is absolutely key. Forgive us our sins... For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. It starts, oh God, I want to walk pure and holy before you. I love you, I'm following you, I want to please you. If there's stuff in my life that is offensive to you, I want to put it right. We start there, that relationship, the vertical relationship, but then we work it out in the horizontal. And actually there seems to be a link between our relationship with God then our relationship with other people as well. They seem to be linked in some way. I don't quite know how it works, but they're linked in some way. Lord, I forgive others who have offended me. Oh Lord, please forgive me when I've offended other people. And if you, if you are living in a family context, that's a daily prayer, isn't it? Well, it's, well, it's in our household anyway. There aren't many days go by where there isn't some sort of falling out in our household. Generally linked around me. Obviously, Chloe, no problems at all. Me? Actually, if Chloe had been on Wrigglers, I'd have swapped it round, but as she's here... That's true, isn't it? Daily life, cut and thrust of relationships, children growing up. We, we don't get things right as parents. Learning to say, please forgive me. If I'm with my children, that's something I need to get better and better at. Please forgive me, I, m- I messed up, I made a mistake. I haven't got it right. And then it finishes, lead us not into temptation. This provides a great starting point for prayer, keeping prayer life balanced and Christ-focused. If you find that your prayer life is just a bit one-dimensional, you could do a lot worse than look at these verses and use them as a pattern for prayer. It's not that you just, as like a, like a parrot, you repeat that, that prayer, but actually you use it as headings and then under it you pray into different situations and circumstances as you find yourself in. It's like, um, uh, what, what would be a, a good example? It's like, learning, it's like learning to play golf. I cannot play golf, but, but if, I, if, I, if I could, I had a few golf lessons and I'm pretty rubbish. But but when you have golf lessons, you, you, you learn what the clubs are. You learn which club works best in which situation. You, you, you maybe practice your swing a bit, you, you, you check your grip, you learn all of those things, but then when you go out and play around, there are no two rounds of golf the same. You pick the best club for the best situation, and that's the same with prayer life. It's not that our prayer life should be identical day by day by day, but actually as we, we, we do things like we learn how to pray into the Lord's Prayer, we're learning tools and things that will help us in different situations of life as we go through it. 
You know, it'd be nice to be able to drive off on the first tee, go 200 yards, land in exactly the same spot every time, and then we, we chip onto the green, we putt in two and we're out with a birdie. It'd be really nice if that's how life went, but it doesn't. And so prayer life is meant to be exactly the same. That we learn lessons and keys and, and things like that, but then we have to put them into practice. When you find this difficulty, you, you, you apply it in that way. When you find actually you've offended someone, you've got it absolutely wrong. Oh God, please forgive me for that. But then you go to someone else and say, please forgive me, I'll mess that up. Oh God, would your kingdom come. You see, this, this whole thing of learning how to pray is an immense privilege. Do you know when we pray, things change? That's the reason why... Now, now you may say, well, can you prove it? And the reality is, no, I can't. Because I guess in any situation you could just say, well, it's consequence. But what I do find is, the more I pray, the more positive consequences I get. Co- no, coincidences I get. The more, that's not consequences. The more I pray, the mo- more coincidences occur. It works. It absolutely works. So that Jesus then in those, those four verses, he's saying that this is a good pattern for prayer. Then he goes on and he says this. There's a key thing when you pray. This is a key thing you've got to do and you've got to know about. You need to be shamelessly bold in your praying. Nothing less will do. When it comes to praying to your Father in heaven, not little timid text message prayers, but big banging on the door. Oh God, would you open this for me, prayers. This is how it is when we pray. And again, with our children, do we not know they have a habit of asking for things persistently at just the right, wrong moment until we answer. Even if it's no, go away. I'm on the phone. But they will ask and they will ask. Now give me a few minutes. 30 seconds, they're back again. Don't they pray? Well, again, maybe just ask it. Don't they ask like that? I'm not taking a no for an answer until... Until you give, I'm not, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm not going to give up until I get an answer. That's how we're to pray to our Father in heaven. He uses an example. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, A friend, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked, my children are with me in bed, I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will, I tell you, though he will not give up and give him the bread because he's a friend, but because of this man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Imagine you have a friend who comes to you at midnight, Tesco's is shut. Doesn't matter, you cannot get into Tesco's, it is the one hour they have shut during the year. So Tesco's is shut, you cannot go there, your friend turns up there hungry, they cannot go to bed till you've given them something to eat, so you think, what can I do? I'm going to ring a friend. So you ring the friend, think, well, look, I'll ring the friend, if they don't answer, I don't know what I'm going to do. So you ring the friend, no answer, they are sound asleep. I'm going to go around there, I'm going to knock quietly on the door, and I'll ring while I'm there. I'm sure they will have woken up because of the first phone call, go knock on the door, Still no answer. You bang on the door. Neighbours are waking up. The whole street is awake 
and in the end they come to the door and they will not give you the bread because you are a friend. They give you the bread because they just want you to go away and let them get back to bed. Shamelessly bold. Jesus didn't say, send a text message to your friend. Uh, If you're awake, could you give me a call, please? He says, you wake them up if necessary. I'm sure many of you know what it's like to go after something with that much energy. Maybe it was a house. Maybe it was selling a house or buying a house and I'm not giving up till it comes through. For others of you it might be a job or a career. I have worked myself to the bone over the last four years to get qualified because I want to do that job. I want to get qualified in that area. Maybe... It was a husband or a wife before you got them. I'm going to work so hard to win them over to me. It's going to be flowers and it's going to be meals and it's going to be all sorts of things that they would take a second look at me, I might win them over. We know what it is, don't we, at times. We put that much effort in to get the answer that we need in everyday things. How much more in prayer? Oh God, give us that answer. Can you say that you know you've prayed about some things like that? Where you've laid hold of God, you have knocked, you have asked, you have hammered in prayer. Oh God, would you give me the answer? Shamelessly bold in your praying. Jesus is saying when it comes to our Father in heaven, go and ask. No, 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 go and ask. No, really, go and ask him. Don't give up. Don't hold back. Keep asking. Your children can teach you something about that. And then in verses 11 through 13, and this is, um, this is just in case we're misunderstanding what our Father in Heaven is like, he says this, Which of you fathers... If your son asks you for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who who ask him? I guess reading the earlier passage, you may be tempted to believe that God doesn't want to answer your prayer. That we ask persistently, but he's a bit like that neighbour. He doesn't really want to answer our prayer. He'll only do it as a last resort. But actually Jesus says, no, that isn't the case at all. Just as you dads, if your children ask for something, you you really will do what you can to provide that for them if it's going to do them good. How much more will your Father in Heaven want to give you the very best that he possibly can because he loves you and he is for you? That's the relationship. It's where we started. It's where we're finishing. He comes back and he says, look, come on dads, you don't even get everything right. You make mistakes. Sometimes you get things very, very wrong. But actually, heart of hearts, you want to do the best you can for your kids. How much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to you? If you are asking for good things, lining up with a pattern of prayer... That this passage communicates earlier. God our Father is predisposed to answer us. He is predisposed to do you good. And your dad in heaven loves it when you pray. 
whether it's a passing conversation, whether it's a cry for help, whether it's under your breath or you're shouting it out, whether it's a prolonged time of seeking, whether it's mixed with thanksgiving, it's whether it's you listening to him, your Father in heaven loves it when you pray. You don't seem so convinced, but I'm sure you are. He loves it. He loves it when you pray. I wonder if there's anything better you can teach your children than how to pray. I wonder if there's anything better you can learn to do yourself than pray. Do you know how to pray? I'm not talking about saying grace at mealtime or repeating the Lord's Prayer, but do you know how to pray? Do you know how to communicate with your Father in heaven? If you don't, come back to Luke 11. Have a look at it. But there is a qualification for it. The qualification is that you are either a child, well, sorry, no, you're either a son or a daughter, that you are part of the family. You see, any child from Megamix can come out to me at the end of the meeting and ask me something. Paul, can you do this for me? When my boys come, it has a different weight to it. So as you see, the thing is, there's a, there's a qualification to be able to pray like I've been describing, and that's that you're in the family. And you cannot earn your way into the family, it's impossible. You couldn't, you couldn't earn your way into my family. You have to either be born into it or adopted. That's how you get into a family. That's how you get into that privileged relationship. So the question is, at the, the, really at the end of this talk, is do you know him as father? You see, if you know him as father, you can take everything that I have been talking about right now and just put it into practice. You just go for it. Let your hair down. Go wild. Have a good pray. But if you don't know him as father, you can't do that. You can't. You can try, but, and he may even answer occasionally, but it won't work in the same way. But some good news. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, and this is the message version, it says this, Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved Son. The only way into this relationship with God is through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot earn your way in. It comes as a free gift as you put your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ as both Lord and and Saviour. You may try to earn your way in, but you fall short. The only way is through adoption that comes through putting your trust in him. And if you want to find any more out about what that means, the Alpha Course is an excellent place to do it. As Natalie said earlier, head to the information desk, ask to do it. It's running Tuesdays over the next six, seven weeks. You can dive in, great snacks, really good company. Any question you want, you just put it out there They may not be able to answer it, but they will do their best to. 
And they can talk about what it means to follow Jesus and have that relationship with God as a father. God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. And so this morning with the baby Thanksgiving, we're not not in some ways committing the children to God. We're not not making them Christians or doing anything like that. All all we're doing is we're we're praying, oh God, we, we start with Thanksgiving. We thank you for their safe arrival. We pray for blessing on the parents and we're praying for blessing on the children and good health. Because no one can make anyone else a Christian. It's a decision you make on your own before God is Lord and Saviour. So we're really grateful to God for safe arrivals and we're going to pray for God's mighty blessing upon them but we, but we can't make them Christians. There are no grandchildren. Parents can't do it on a child's behalf. Every individual has to make that decision when they are in a position to be able to do so. And that's, and that's what it's all about. So if you want to find out more about what it is to follow Jesus... Why don't you think about doing an Alpha? I'm sure there are many important things we need to teach our children, but learning how to pray has got to be up there. Knowing the joy of answered prayer, knowing the intimacy of that relationship with God, knowing forgiveness and freedom, no more guilt, we're free. There's nothing quite like it. I can invite the band back up. We're going to uh, sing a song. We're going to worship God. We're going to invite the children to come and join us. And then we're going to do the baby thanksgiving part of the meeting. So if you'd like to stand, please, I'm just going to pray. Lord God, we're so grateful that you would, (laughs) the one who flung the stars into space, that you'd be interested in getting to know us, in having a relationship with us. Lord, we're so grateful, Lord God, that you would ever do that for us. I just pray, Holy Spirit, for, for us right now. I pray, would you come and fill us afresh? Lord, I pray for those of us that just find prayer a bit boring and one-dimensional. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd stir faith again. Stir faith again. There's something quite unique about knowing that God has answered your prayers. It's It's quite a unique feeling. It's quite an amazing thing to know that I prayed for this and God answered it. Over here, look, look, he answered it. Lord, I I ask you for, as a church, we would grow in prayerfulness. That we would know more and more the amazing privilege. I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous privilege, really, to talk to the one who made it all, to know we've got direct access right in as a son to a father, a child to a father, and then know that the privilege of having answered prayer. That childlike simplicity, Lord, would it captivate our hearts again and again. But I pray for those who are visiting. We're so pleased they're with us, Lord. I I ask you, Lord God, would you um, just reveal fresh aspects of this great relationship that we have got with you? Would they just glimpse that for themselves? Lord, it's so excellent, Lord God. I, I really don't want people to leave without seeing a bit of it for themselves. 
of having that opportunity to know you in the way that I know you. Lord, I ask for your grace, your mercy, your blessing to come upon us. Oh Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.